Hi, I'm Kerry Mussington, the founder and director of Mind Over Matter Project Suicide Prevention. And today I have lovely guest speakers here. Today is Beck and Debs. And down in the far left, we have Joe Fletcher, who's representing the Mind Over Matter Project and raising awareness with us today and giving male points of view questions as well. So, Thank you for coming in to raise some awareness around what you're doing, who you are, what we've been through. And, you know, this conversation is around domestic abuse and domestic violence, however you want to put it. Um, please tell us why you you have a project, right? We, we run a business called Dare to Be You. And um, we have something called Me Academy, which we run within that business. And um, Beck does something called Finding Your Voice. Um, and I help people who um, have an idea and they want to run a business, a bit like you're doing here, this project, something that is very, very heart-led. Because very often when we have a transformation, we then want to do something out in the world, exactly what you're doing. So um, I, I help people that do and doing that. So that's what we are up to in the world. Yeah, but why? (laughs) (laughs) There it is, the best question. (laughs) So um, our business is called Dare to Be You, and I think it's probably best if Deb starts with the story as to why, because it started with Deb. Deb's my auntie, I'm her niece. (laughs) (laughs) So for over 20 years, I was in a very unhealthy, very um, abusive relationship. And um, I had three children that I was trying to trying to do my best to bring my children up. And obviously, Beck was their cousin, so she was around at, at this time and and saw what was going on with with us as a family. Um, and um, yeah, I, I really struggled because of the the abuse and and what was going on for me. Really, my own insecurities, my own uh, what was going on. When my, when my eldest daughter got to be 17, I sent her to live with my sister instead of leaving the relationship. And so then I just felt more ashamed. I, I hated myself even more because I did that. I didn't leave the relationship. And then when my middle child, my second daughter, when she reached that age, um, she was actually quite feisty and she would cause a lot of arguments in the house and things were getting more and more and more dangerous by the moment and so it was it, um, she actually um, she actually attempted suicide things got so bad for her that she attempted suicide and it was then that I knew I had to do something um, and I actually reached out for help for my daughter not for help for me and in the end um, it was Women's Aid then got involved and they said they were going to take my son away um, if if I didn't leave the relationship my youngest child he was going to be removed from the home if I didn't really leave the relationship and it was at that point that I left and so I'm sure you can imagine I was in a right mess and so were my children they 
My eldest daughter was self-harming by this time. As I said, my middle daughter was in such a mess that she'd attempted suicide and my son was having anger issues. He was being watched at school. Um, so yeah, we were all in a mess and I had no idea what to do, had no idea how to parent these children, no idea how to sort myself out and turn my life around whatsoever. And um, I had a lot of counselling and that's when um, I was told my they tried to get my middle daughter, they wanted to diagnose her with mental health issues, um, but I actually resisted and wouldn't allow them to, to put that on her record or allow them to do anything because I was a little bit worried about what might happen if they put that on her records. Um, um, but we were all told that we would never be okay and that we had PTSD and the, those kinds of, that was what was going on for us. We would always have panic attacks, we would always have flashbacks, we would always struggle and the best we could do was learn how to cope with what we'd all been through. And I was trawling the internet one day and I came across um, an understanding of how human experience works, of how we get to have this experience of, of what is going on for us. And in that understanding, something, I just had a huge insight, something really shifted in me. And I saw that my children were not broken. I wasn't broken. We didn't, that we didn't need any diagnosis that actually inside us somewhere, we were all, we were okay. And that completely turned my life around and completely turned how I parented my children. Now, I'm not saying I, I heard that, I deeply heard that, but then when I tried to speak to other people about it, when I tried to convey that and share that message, everybody thought I'd gone slightly bonkers and they didn't understand what it was I was saying and they were going well well no obviously you are you there is people do have problems we there is you know people are broken and um so I became determined to learn more about this and get to a place where I could share this with people in a way that it was helpful not in a way that it turned people off or you know made people run away I wanted to be able to share it in a way that was helpful so I set about doing that and it was around about this time that uh, my niece who was struggling herself <laughs> kind of thought oh maybe Auntie Deb's got something here <laughs> yeah I am um, as you know as we said we're auntie and niece so I'd watched all of that happen with my auntie and my cousins as a family we knew that it was a kind of an unhealthy environment um, and then I found myself in a situation um, in, a, in an emotionally abusive unhealthy relationship and in this case it happened to be my boss um, the lady that I worked for at the time and I just something in me knew the person to turn to was Auntie Deb because I'd watched her come out the other side of something and I'd watched her change and become somebody that I admired and so um, I had been working for a lady for about four, four bit years um, and there was a day that she went off on holiday for a few days and I just broke down on the office floor, picked up my phone, rang Deb. I don't think she understood a word I was saying because <laughs> I was I was just sobbing, I was in bits. I knew that I needed out. Um, and yeah, so from there, Deb kind of, because at the time I lived in the Midlands, um, Deb invited me down to stay with her in Devon. And she just started sharing with me what had gone on for her. Um, and I left that job and yeah, slowly rebuilt my life with um, a lot of support and love from Deb, my sister, and, and a lot of my family friends and it was absolutely the seeing of that the seeing of 
how much we both lost ourselves in those relationships that inspired the Dare to Be You business. Because what we really see and what we saw for ourselves and what we've done is that when we turn up trying to be somebody else, trying to please somebody else, trying to be what we think is expected of us, it serves nobody, it does nothing for anybody. When we turn up as who we truly are, giving ourselves to the world in service like you're doing here with this, that helps. It helps me and it helps everybody else. And that's where Dare to Be Who was born. So I think we've been doing this together for about three years nearly. Um, and Deb was doing it, I think, for a few years before that on, on her own. So that's kind of the birth of Dare to Be You. <laughs> birth of Dare to You. Oh, it's, it's incredible. But it prompts me. It is incredible that, you know, it's nice, first of all, kind of you became, Debbie, you became a role model in that escapee situation. Um, but before you became that role model, Bex, watching Debbie go through what she went through, how did you internally, because I heard your, how your children felt. I heard what your children, I can feel that pain in the children because I was always that child when I experienced it with my own parents. So relatable for the children, but as a friend, family, close member seeing it, I want to hear that. I want the people to understand what it's like for the bystander. Can you explain how you felt before the victory of the escape plan? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's one of those really obscure ones in a way, because at the time you're almost aware of it, but not aware of it. It's like a weird paradox, isn't it? Like nothing at all surprised me when Deb left and, and all of the stuff kind of came out. It wasn't like, oh, I didn't see that. But sort of at the time, you know it's happening and you're not aware that it's happening, if that makes sense. It's kind of both at the same time. So there was definitely a part of me that was kind of looking and, and you know, my cousin, um, one of my cousins is just a year younger than me. And I know she shared a couple of things with me. Um, and in my head, it was like, I don't really understand what's happening for you because it happens that my parents were not like that at all. Um, so I was kind of going, oh, okay, well maybe it's just that your dad's strict or your mom doesn't you know know how to help you you know and I couldn't quite get my head around what's happening for my cousin um and there was also a part of me looking going don't really understand why auntie Deb's still married don't get that that's clearly you know they're not happy because we do kind of pick up on stuff like that don't we I mean I must have been probably a teenager when all of that was happening so I'm sure I have my own teenage stuff going on as well if you you know as we grow like that but it is there's definitely a point where you're watching going, don't quite understand what's happening here. Something doesn't feel right, but equally, who am I and what would I know? How could I possibly help with that? And, yeah. so, and, that, and that's the tricky part, knowing when to help, knowing when to step in and, 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 and who to turn to. Because again, family secrets, you know, yeah. and, and yeah. It's, it's not till lastminute.com it comes out when that's it, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But people around you can, in, in some of these circumstances, oh, oh, you're pulling me back. In some yeah. of these circumstances, the isolation 
can happen. And the false mask is there. Um, and your friends can see it. And their attitude would be more like, what are you still with him for? Why? If you're unhappy, why don't you just leave? But deep down there's that sense of, hold on a minute, but you don't understand. And you yeah. know that brief conversation that you've got with those people, those friends, brief, I said brief, if you can get the opportunity to have a conversation out of arms, you know, out of arms each, reach, or because some of these individuals do not like you having friends. They don't want you around your family. So getting that conversation in has to be right if you're in if you're listening to this. Getting that conversation in that minute and moment has to be right. How do we explain to someone what we're in without making because we've been here, we've been here prolonging off how we tell someone that we're in a bit of a mess. So how do you tell someone? Joe, is this difficult listening to? Um, it's interesting because uh, my cousins were kind of like, their dad was quite abusive to them. So I can kind of relate to what um, Mick was saying. I mean, they were quite a bit old and I was quite young then. So yeah, I mean, you do kind of pick up on some of the things, don't you, and that and kind of... Um, so yeah, I mean, it kind of like, I mean, what would you say to maybe a child who had come from an abusive um, like parents and that, how do they kind of um, let go of their anger and that? I mean, what would you say to them? Um, I guess for me, what I have learned with, because that was the experience I had with my own children, obviously, um, and my children were, my son was nine when I got out of the relationship and, and my two daughters were uh, 17 um, and um, 20 respectively and yeah try trying to what I see is what I learn about how human experience is created what I have what I always do and still do now with my children if they you know you, they never go away completely do they <laughs> my yeah. daughter's actually in the garden as we speak now um, <laughs> and yeah so what I see is that it's about, for me, not getting too involved with the details of the story, if you like. And I don't, you know, when I use the word story, I don't mean, oh, you know, it's just a silly story you're making up. The, the, the narrative, the, the, the details of what yeah. is going on. To try not to, when I work with people and, and with my own children, when we have conversations, I try to get out of the details and come back to what do we know is true? What do we know about human beings that is true? That we have more resilience than we can imagine. It, our resilience is like a bottomless pit. However bad things we get, how we have resilience to match that. It's not, resilience isn't something you can run out of. It's not like you have a, a limited supply of it. And we also have intelligence, our own intelligence running through us and the same a limitless supply of that and intelligence that fits whatever it is that's going on for us and we have um we are love at our core we are okayness at our core so 
So I tend to try and somehow, in whatever words make sense to the person, you know, I might use completely different words to point to that. It will, it will absolutely depend who it is you're talking to, the age of them, what the situation is. But it is very much pointing to the possibilities of life. And the fact that we've gotten over things. I don't, you know, even if you're working with someone who's like seven or eight, they will have had a problem and gotten over it. They will have, you know, got upset about something and got past that. And so just kind of pointing that out to them that you felt upset and sad and bad about this thing and now you don't feel like that. What happened? How, how did that work? And then you can point to them to their thought system, how that works, how we do, how human beings are wired to get over things. It's built in to the system and we are part of the most amazing system in the universe and when you kind of get into that conversation that's a much more hopeful conversation and people then what comes out of that that I've noticed is what comes back is that people go and yeah I could look at it like this or I could think of this or I could do this and then they're coming up with their own solutions their own reasons their own and when we when we see our own solution to something it is way more powerful than if somebody says hey i've got this bit of advice for you if you look at it like this it will be better it's incredibly difficult for you to take that advice and look in that way but when you are pointed to who you truly are when you're pointed to what you have within you you kind of get curious about that and start to look and your mind opens and you see things. And then when you've seen it from inside, it's it's doable. You're doing it. You don't even, it's like, oh my gosh, I see this differently. So I don't know if that completely answered the question, but. <laughs> uh, in, a, in a sense, where you are now, I can feel where you are now, because that, that change, that shift, the in control, I own my own space, I own my own thought process, I can do anything I choose to do. And I can actually escape the situation if I wanted to get out of the situation, but I have to plan, right? Plan of action. So, it, it, and it's believing it, it's pep talking, it's believing it's, 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 it, when you hear other people's stories, it's, you wanna rescue. <laughs> and there's ways of doing that and there's ways of holding back because we understand that the discovery and the journey is all about self, right? So I'm going to talk about your children just briefly, only because it's close to my heart. You know, you mentioned the word self-harm. You mentioned the word suicide. Generally, when somebody self-harms, that's a dirty habit and um, there are different ways of doing it. The approach... Has that changed now for your children and they replaced it with something else? What do you see? <laughs> I would say that has completely changed. Um, I don't know if I would use the word replace. I think it's just gone away. Like, if, if there was a replacement, what I would say is they've replaced it with healthy understanding of who they are. Like, so Deb's got three, I don't know um, if, if uh, this was clear, but Deb's got three children. Um, her eldest daughter, who lives in London, no longer self-harms, is very healthy and happy. And, right. um, you know, 
pandemic aside, has a very lovely life in London. <laughs> um, her middle daughter is uh, pregnant with her second child and has a very healthy relationship with her husband. Uh, no suicidal anything. She loves her life and um, yeah, was around playing in the garden with her son today because it's a beautiful spring day and Deb's youngest um, her son has, <laughs> I mean uh, maybe you should share some of what's going on for him because he is just blowing our minds at the moment. He oh, has turned from an, uh, uh, a nine, an angry nine-year-old little boy into an incredible 23-year-old young man. Absolutely and 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 the thing is that I want to point out that it, people say oh we're on here we're, we're giving our personal business we have to we have to we have no secrets otherwise we can't tell you the success stories but the thing is when we do have children uh, well they're men or grow, grow up obviously you know whatever age they are the the, the the guests, the speakers, they're telling a story. The children are in the background somewhere and they're hearing their parents talking about life and also talking about their parents, you know, in in maybe in a way that highlights one of the parents and puts them in a, a I wouldn't say a bad light. I would look at it highlights the awareness. That's what it does. And unfortunately, it can become where some of the kids think, oh, it's embarrassing, it's shameful, and then that becomes an issue again. And also, the people that are listening, that are related, nobody thinks about that. I know I do, when I do my lives, I think I'm talking about these people in past tense. We never mention the names, we don't need to mention the names. There is a story there, but we're trying to tell you that there. this is the outcome, this is what we did to prevent ourselves from continuing in the same pattern and relationships. You had to do something for the rescue your children, so really, you show them that it wasn't right. And you're showing your friends that it wasn't right and you're showing the whole world it isn't right so when we feel guilt because that's the thing that's the problem that we have isn't it guilt guilt and shame guilt and shame so when we feel guilt we tend to not tell our stories and therefore the pattern continues because we're just a few women here and men that can get out a conversation and if it wasn't for technology there'd be a lot more going on behind closed doors and when we come and tell our testimonies, our children are aware of what we do and are supportive of what we do. What do they want to do now? Rescue the world as well? <laughs> um, well, my, my children are, are, are great and they, they know what I do and they know that I share things about them. Yeah. They are aware of that. Um, and one of the things that I would say, one of the things that I saw... One of the slight hesitations that I have sometimes when I get involved in these conversations is using the word that I was in an abusive relationship because that's how society looks at it. That's how it's viewed. What I see is that two incredibly insecure people, me and my husband, two incredibly insecure people came together. Yes. And one of us was on one side of the pendulum and one of us was on the other side. We were kind of here and here. And I was no more healthy and in a good place than he was. It just so happened that he showed it in one way and I showed it in another way. Right. And I have nothing but 
love for him. I understand understanding how human experience is created. Um, I this is not, not about bad mouthing him or blaming. No. I don't think blame it, it's pointless. I understand exactly why he did what he did, and I know one of um, the, the the biggest fears of um, our son, my my son, is that he would follow in that path and, and do those same things and those same behaviors and what i see is important is breaking that cycle breaking that to to give him a chance to do something to show up differently and my two daughters and that's what i see as important and that is why i share the story and it's not you know if anyone is in this place and they're saying well i will never forgive my abuser and never forgive that's fine i, I totally totally understand that but forgiveness is a huge part of the journey to to being free to being happy to to living a, a free and beautiful life so and that word you see we get bent on the words but we have to understand the feeling and understand that emotion what we're letting go of so don't get honed in on the word when when someone says forgive what i would say that dwelling on the past tense it happens we've got a story we don't i don't go backwards when i'm talking to people i don't go backwards there's there's no point i just say okay you're relatable it happens we can't change that but it is people that repeat it to somebody else over and over and over again they're stuck and they need to find another way and another outlet. And when people say, no, I'll never forgive him. I can understand that, but it's more about, okay, when you use that word, who's got the power? Who has got the control? He has more hold on you and your mind because you are unforgivable. You don't have to say the words to him. You just need to let go, him or her, sorry. Let's not yeah. assume it's and just he men. Yeah, it can be forgiving yourself. To me, it was more about forgiving me. When I forgave yeah. me, there was nothing to, when I saw that, and like you say, yeah, it, it is words, but when I saw that, there was nothing or any anything else. That was it, it was done. It was like, oh yeah, we, we, we were all doing the best we could with the thinking we had in that moment that looked real and true. Yeah, well, I, I can see that. Well, that explains people, um, past, or, you know, we, I met up with my abuser, I would say past abuser, I would say at the time I called him an abuser. But when I look now, I can look at the history, I can look at the background, I can look at what he also as a child went through that put that burden on yeah. him. So I, I look at these people as lost souls that didn't have that guidance um, and that picked up learned behavior. So you, we get that and this is where it's so important to break that cycle, isn't it? And Absolutely. Completely. Um, and choices, gives these children a choice as well, have their voices heard because they're unheard. And I love the fact that you resented giving, getting your kids a label. Well, we can under, I can take PTSD, you know, past tense. I use it as past tense, look at that word. Um, we can take that as, but then, then again, they decide not to carry these and, 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 be, and free up your mind. Don't get bogged down with the labels. And that's what I always teach. These labels, they, they make you ill sometimes. You, you're constantly telling the story of the illness rather than the success 
of where you're going. So it's quite nice to hear the outcome of your children and where they are, men and women now, um, doing amazing things. And, and brilliant. Oh, you, you, you're, you're incredible. The, the, the tightness and the, the closeness that you've got all together now, talking about these things openly, but most of all supportive in the things that you're doing. It's incredible. And that's what I call a success, you know, where there's no secrets, no hiding anymore. And you're teaching people from your past experiences to overcome and empower. Oh man, it's brilliant. And and not do you just do women or do you do do you help men as well? Yeah, yeah, we work with men and women. We we there are more women in our community, but I just yeah. think that's probably because we're women. I, I don't know, but yeah, we, we absolutely, I mean, we have done, we do retreats and all sorts of things and we have had calls and retreats where there's been more men than women, but, but <laughs> yeah. generally. So how does the women feel being around men? Because I'm all for, I believe that we can't tarnish everyone with the same brush or every situation is not going to be the same with the next person, is it? But, it, yeah. and, and, but this is, this is not, entirely true because if we do not prepare our minds we will go into that issue again and again and again and again yeah. and we've heard the old saying they don't choose you uh, <laughs> you don't choose them they choose you and then again I'll have to say hold on a minute nah I'm the one who stopped by and had a conversation with that you know <laughs> I'm the one who sat there and said yeah 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 come over to my place I'm the one that enticed the person straight away without getting to date them or understand them or, or, or listen to the background or anything like that I'm the one that plunged myself from out of one relationship into another without healing or where did it go wrong or look at myself what was my weakness and I realised through my weaknesses I gave too much away of me Strip, 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 strip to please everybody but me. <laughs> and I think that's... Having your life back is the most liberating thing ever, but Beck will give you... <laughs> well, I'll go back. I, I know this is intriguing. Please, Joe, just do that when you want to jump in. But Beck, going back yeah. to the workplace... After you're hearing that some, and this is a, a common factor again, after you hear that somebody is going through a, a turbulent time in relation, I'm going to put it out what's relatable to some of the audience, um, what's considered as abuse within the home, all right? Domestic, they call it domestic because it's within the home. But then when you go to the workplace and you get it there as well, isn't that a trigger for what you have already gone through at home? if you have been in that situation of domestic violence or abuse and then you go to the workplace or, or anything like that you then get it again the control the belittling the and then it becomes another trigger from the first event now i'm not suggesting that happened with you but i'm saying that that can happen for me for instance been there go to work and then I'm mistreated at work that becomes an added trigger doesn't it on top of all the other triggers so it's easy to put all of this in a conversation and how quick it happens but in actual fact it took me 12 years to get out of my relationship 
12 years and even maybe up to a year to get out of the job that I was in. Courage. Not everyone has a friend. What suggestions would you have between you both into what does someone do when they are going through harassment or being belittled at work in the workplace? What, what, if you didn't have Debs, what would else would you have done? <laughs> she did. <laughs> she did. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, just to kind of touch on what you started with there, I mean, I hadn't, until that workplace, I hadn't been in any kind of abusive situation. But what I noticed happened to me, I kind of liked what you were talking about with the triggers there. When I left that workplace, I went and got another job. Um, and for about the first six months in that job, every time my boss asked to speak to me, I felt my heart rate increase. And I was like, oh no, what have I done wrong? And it took, like you say, it, we're talking about this in, in a short kind of recording here. It sounds like it takes seconds sometimes, but it didn't. You know, it took, well, there was at least a six month period where I was constantly kind of going, oh my gosh, my boss wants to talk. And in actual fact, in that job, the, the people I was working for were really, truly lovely and actually were coming to ask me to do extra work because I was doing so well and things like that. But in my mind, I was going, oh my gosh, when my boss wants to talk to me, I'm in trouble and my whole body reacted and you know I, I struggled with anxiety for a very long time um, and it took a lot of looking at myself getting to know who I was understanding how that anxiety plays out through me for that to slowly disappear and it is for me the kind of suggestion if you like what what to do if you're in that kind of situation is just begin to look within like deb was talking about earlier what we do what we share and what we point people to is the knowing that within we have a diamond a part of us that is solid that can't be damaged that can't be hurt and that was the conversation i was having with deb when i first started my new job week after week after week she was just gently reminding me you're okay actually like what's happened through you so far is just another invitation to come back and see your diamond we forget to polish our inner diamond don't we like the, that essence of who we are it needs polishing you know we polish and hoover our houses but we forget to to do that with ourselves and that that conversation i was regularly having with deb was my way of polishing my diamond until it shone so brightly that you can't miss it now and I don't even remember exactly how and when that changed for me. But at some point, I started enjoying when my boss was walking towards me. Oh, good. What, you know, what job has he got now? And what promotion might I be able to aim for next? And my workplace became a lot more fun. I had a lot of fun in the, in the first job that I had after I left that workplace, before I started working with Deb. I, I did four years at the civil service job. And I had a ton of fun because I really got to know who I was inside and it wakes up an innate wisdom that we all have and then you know if you don't have an auntie Deb to call on you, you'll know what to do you'll know where to go you'll know who to turn to because we do have people there, 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 there is if we use our voice and if we don't use our voice then no one will know and we expect people to uh, find the answer or somebody might be listening to this right now and thinking, yeah, but I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. 
and you're saying you do have someone to turn to, I, 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 sometimes you feel alone in it. You definitely feel, you can definitely feel alone. And the, and the problem that, and, and the issues that you raised, Debbie, was in particular where the choices were children or your love life, basically. Um, I think I like put it that way, your love life or your children, yeah? Because that's what you're looking at, isn't it? Or the word family, saving our family. What is a family if it's broken? <laughs> you know, it becomes individual souls in a in, in a hub. But there are individual souls in there. And so you mentioned the choice of children where, and I'm, this is relatable to myself again, and it will be relatable to a lot of people. What do you say to people that are given that choice? by the services that are involved when it comes to their children and their love, lover. I would say make the, the we have to make the choice in, in the moment, if, if that choice is given to us, we have to make the choice in the moment that given the thinking we have and what looks true, we have to make what looks like the best choice in that moment and for me like when we talked about there it we have got an inner knowing who to turn to we do know if anyone is watching this there are four people on this screen if you're thinking i don't know who to turn to there are four people on this screen that that could be a starting point sure. if you're watching this and you know there there is there is always something there is there is always a way forward and what i would say is because with within us we have everything we need within ourselves now i'm not saying that's always easy to see i'm not saying and i'm not saying that we're not going to make bad choices sometimes but what i can see now the hope in what this is and, and the message that we share is yeah i did those things i made you know with the person i am now i i would make a different choice now but I made the choice that was the best choice I could make in that moment. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I was filled with guilt and shame and self-hatred and all of those things. But seeing past that, seeing the truth of who I am and pointing my children to the truth of who they are has brought us all back round to a place of, you know, I'm so close with my children now and we there, there is so much love and so much support and, and in, in our family. And it's like, all is, is not lost ever. And even though, you know, even sometimes if, if you don't reconcile with your ch children, if you don't get your children back, there is still, that doesn't change this diamond that you have inside. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't, we can tell the story that my life is ruined because of da 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 da. Or we can tell the story, this made me, this, 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 you know, has me out in the world doing what I'm doing. And what it looks like to me is that no matter what life gives us, we can, we can, we get to make of that what we do and we can bring make everything work in our favor or we can make anything 
work against us. And what I see now is moment to moment, we have, a, we have fun making absolutely everything be in our favor. And it looks to me, the more that that's what I'm looking for, the more that that's what I see, that is the experience I get. Just looks like to me, life unfolds in front of me in, you know, every day. It's like, here's your red carpet, you know, get on with it. It's really great, isn't it? And gen genuinely, Beck and I just have so much fun and we have just such an amazing life. We could tell the story that it's not like that, but it, or we could tell the story that it is like that. And we choose to tell the story that it is like that. And that's our lived experience. And people around us get infected by that and start to have a similar lived experience. They start to have that too and start to see places. They're like, wow, yeah, we're enjoying this too. Yeah. It's, it, it's infectious and, yeah and this is the thing you know I, we what we're doing we're raising awareness right all of us are new we've come together shh, 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 you know someone who will talk yes you do i know somebody that got some amazing ladies called deb and uh, deb and beck you know I'll, I'll see if they'll talk because he's heard your story <laughs> so because he heard your story he wanted joe wanted to share your story with me and <laughs> You're now sharing that story with everybody that is going to watch this because it will go on all the platforms as awareness. Uh, yes, we're not saying life was a bed of roses for us. No, we're not. We're, oh, gosh, no, we're not saying that. And we're not saying that we hate all men because we had a bad experience. Oh, I love men. They're great. <laughs> and, but we do deprive ourselves, don't we? I will say that if you haven't got your mind prepped and ready yet, sometimes you will you got to think, think of the steps that you're taking and the decisions that you're making and why you have the need to want to be loved by somebody else because this is the mistakes that a lot of, I say mistakes, they're not mistakes, it's part of the journey, part of the process that made me, that we go from one relationship to another and we haven't quite figured out the part that we lost about ourselves, so we go into another that part that we once had isn't there anymore. It's there, but you, you, you don't utilize it. So then somebody else that you get with very quickly has an expectation. No, I don't want you speaking to him anymore. So you drop that part of you as well. And so that's another, that's two parts of you. And then, no, you're not going there anymore. It's not my kind of thing. You drop another part of you. And can you see what I'm saying? You start pulling parts of who you really was because when you meet somebody that's really you at the beginning and then you you start to role play into can I get your dinner for you love because you you, you know what do you want to eat no I don't like that and this is where the arguments come in because the expectations of when you get together as couples um what is designed to be a a, a home or family life or what marriage should look like Trust me, there's no manual for that marriage thing, but it's definitely not in the movies, okay? And when you're dealing with people, it's, it's can you have an intellectual conversation? Can you actually listen to what, the, what somebody's request is? Um, somebody might have a need, but they're asking for a direction, you know? So what you're doing and what I'm doing is giving people directions to a healthier lifestyle, healthy 
choice to replace the self-harm, to replace the suicide, to replace the alcohol, replace the, the, the addiction, which, let's strip that word back, sorry, I'm quite my raw approach, let's strip that word back, addiction, habit, need, comforter, to just take the edge off, but it doesn't take you out of the situation or change the situation. You've got to do that, and what you're asking for is awareness on the how and where to go, and how did you do it? How did you get yourself out of it? And that's what you're about, and that's what I'm about, and that's that's what Joe's about. We talk about this pursuit of the truth. Um, some people can, let's not get stuck on labels as well, some people can use the word law of attraction. Law of attraction for me means positive thinking. Let's replace the negative thinking with the positive. Pursuit of the truth is exactly the same for me. Let's replace the negative with the positive and own this. And we can explore everything that we, we're capable of doing. Um, we, there are no limitations. Only we put limitations on ourselves and boundaries. And I realised that. I was depriving myself of love because of past experiences. But then I had to understand what love was and it isn't in somebody else. No, it's... in ourselves. All the love we will ever need comes from within. Joe? We always had it. <laughs> yeah, Joe, from a male point of view, please give us your feedback. <laughs> Poor old Joe can't get a word in. <laughs> no, it's just listening. It's really great. It's, um... It's, um... Yeah, I mean, how, what would you kind of say to men then? Because, I mean, kind of men I've spoken to, they, it's kind of a stigma, like an embarrassment on it as well. As being male, you're kind of afraid that people will see you weak for being in an abusive relationship. So what would you kind of say to them people um, to kind of overcome that so they can speak out? I, I, for me, that's about um, one of the things I think we do far too often is separate out. And it's like, we're all human that's you know male and female that's just more labels isn't it and they're not helpful when they're not helpful and I know for me like everything you're saying there about the shame of it and the embarrassment of it that's how I felt like I was really I was such a strong person you know in my friends group I was the strong one I was the wise one and I ended up in an abusive relationship the embarrassment and the shame of that was I can't tell you the amount of things that I said to cover up for what was going on. Like the amount of excuses I came up with. And it's beginning to see that we're all the same. Whether whether you're male, female, whether it was a marriage or a working situation, anything at all. No new problems. Come back (laughs) to knowing the place where we're the same. And it starts to open up a space for sharing. Do you want to elaborate just on that part about your embarrassment and going out there to people? A lot of people, and I'm going to go on something that resonated because it rung a bell for me. As soon as you said it, it was a trigger to something that happened. And a lot of your friends in the past, will they might not see you for a while. And then when you've left the relationship, in comes the judgment. So I want people to be aware of what you say to people when they tell you that they're in an, onto a new chapter. Because some of the things that people say, what, you're married again? You, you what, yeah, Really, again? What, how many times have you been married again now? And then they start to mock you. And what they're doing is victim blaming in a sense because they're trying to hold you back where you should, what you left, which was a right decision to leave. 
and so it becomes an added barrier where people won't approach somebody else and tell you their story because it is statements like that you're married again what happened to your last husband then oh what haven't you learned your lesson you it's it's the the lesson is not to tell you next time because you're 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 not helpful in that discussion you need to understand that people out there need to understand when your friends are telling you something that happened to them support them in that conversation support them and say to them i am so glad that you you are back in control of your space and 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 uh what and say something positive don't put them back in the past where they've moved from and criticize and that's just something that i felt i needed to say (laughs) (laughs) I, i i needed to say it because that that happened to me and what it did to me it stopped me from reaching out it stopped me from telling the next friend it stopped me and it silenced me and I I think the last result is calling the police isn't it that's the last result um, when you're reluctant to keep telling your friends and this that and the other the last result sometimes can be calling the police that can be a last result some people just get up and leave um, and have that safety plan woman's age you mentioned domestic violence abuse hotlines they're there have them store them but maybe not so much always in your phone and i'm not going to put the methods out here but think beyond the box of what you could do as a safety plan if i told the safety plans on here then some of the people that are not healthy will look for those safety plans to prevent those safety plans i was to point this exercise me putting safety plans out here but you should know that you can turn to groups though that are perhaps had that lived experience and say they're willing to help as you said you 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 know um reasons to lived experience dare to be you dare to be you step out of your comfort zone if you're uncomfortable and move forward but have a safety plan most people do have technology don't they they a lot of people have these mobile phones just be mindful of those mind mobile phones and the tracker devices. That's something I can put out. Okay? Um, be mindful of your emails as well. That's something I can put out. Because one of the things about control is that we're monitoring. They put this little spyware on my emails. And every time I emailed, they understood what I was, who I was emailing, what, what, where, what I was on, and everything else. That's something I can put out. So when we're talking about safety plans confide in someone we have to but we must not beat around the bush asking strictly for help and guidance to move forward dare to be you is sitting here waiting to help you and you can reach them at www.daretobeyou.co.uk I'll say it again dare to be you at .co.uk they're willing they're able their hand is out you've just got to take one step and go and find a little bit more discovery about it you know it, you know I, what's your 
how can they, other than the, the website, is there an opening and a closing time? Do you have your boundaries? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> we love what we do. We're here pretty much all the time. We've got <laughs> our, our Facebook group is a really, really good um, way to to connect with us. We've got a Facebook group, and that's Dare to Be You, um, and with a purple heart at the end of it. Um, yeah, so you can connect with us on there. That's a, a really good place. And we put there's always things going on. We've always got coffee mornings and stuff going on in our Facebook group that you can get involved with and that is very it's all very generic so there's nothing like you were talking about the um, safety plans and being you know there's, there's a lot of support in that group that isn't that, that is very generic it's incredibly helpful for people who've been in these situations because obviously both Beck and I have, have experienced this so we can help you in that way but it wouldn't necessarily look as if that's what it is you're getting a lot of really good help and support as well yeah this is a, a me time experience I always call that when yeah. people come to my workshops we call it me I call it me time a time yeah. to just just shut everything else out and concentrate on what that message is that you're trying to understand so i call that me time and we don't have enough me time do we we don't make enough time juggling perhaps children and perhaps looking after loved ones etc and that routine and work etc we, we, there's not enough time in the day they say time is all we have but we don't stop and do that me time and that's important one of the programs that we do is me academy and that is literally what we do is learn about we teach people about themselves we teach people what's going on for you and that to me i think is the biggest gift we can ever give anyone because from an understanding of who we truly are we do great things in the world yeah you do i'm 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 really excited you know why i'm excited i'm like yeah there's more help because now I have a, now you see, I've heard your story, I've heard, I, I, I've heard Sue. You're going to come back on the 17th of J July. We are going big with awareness around everything that you need to know to empower yourself. We want to show you where we've come from to where you can go. We want to give you solutions um, at your fingertips so you can build uh, and rebuild and rediscover. Um, wow. Joe. Joe's going to go off. <laughs> He's going to go and find another male version of a domestic violence. Watch this um, and, and hear their stories. I love the fact of bringing men and women together to uh, in the same arena. I don't believe it's helpful when you've got um, men doing projects about women and women doing projects about men. It's showing, it's, it's causing the divide. You're hearing different stories, different approaches, but you're hearing their experiences. And you're taking their experiences and you sometimes won't think for yourself because you think it's the way, because it's a man's way. No, it's not. If you want to understand what, what, what nurturing individuals of different species is we have to come together and learn about each other Absolutely. because all of this ego what it's like uh should men not tell no i'm sorry men hurt men cry too don't give me a don't because you might have been taught not to but in you might express another way and we've been at the end of those expressions so we're going to tell do we want to tell you that you might have had bum relationships where you just weren't compatible 
But if you tarnish everybody with the same brush and you stay, you carry on with that attitude and it stays the same attitude, then all you do is you deprive yourself from that one, that one that got away. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, thank you. You, you know, I'm looking forward to July the 17th, bringing men and women. So if you have an experience and you want to share, please click contact. You can leave a telephone message on 01394-386-905. That's 01394-386-905. I thought I'd have that handy today. Um, if you have any questions around Deb and Beck's conversation and, and Joe's conversation today, my conversation today, then yeah, please don't hesitate to get in touch to daretobeyou.co.uk um, or www.omomproject.co.uk but I prefer you a telephone conversation to be honest so I can understand the love language that you're speaking. So but please, you can visit Dare To Be You on Facebook. You heard it. And I'm, I'm going to spread that message around, around because it's helpful. Please do pop onto the Mom Project Mental Health Awareness uh, Suicide Prevention Real Talk and put in your information in there and do use that platform to spread the messages that you want out there as well. We're all in this together. It's not about, oh, it's mine and it's yours. No, it, there's a message there and it has to reach somebody. And so thank you. Joe? Final words, see us out. Was it, is there anything else you want to say? No, I mean, I think you've covered everything, don't you? And I think it's about that, that the wisdom is within you, isn't it, Andy? To know what to do, that when you do go quiet and that kind of voice and feeling comes, it will kind of help you and the kind of universe is guiding you, isn't it? That when you kind of get past your... Um, <laughs> yes. thinking and you're kind of like overly kind of stuck that there is a kind of um, guidance there for you so yeah, yeah. thank you thank you it, thank you so 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 much for coming and I know this is not going to be a one-off because you know sometimes when you're dealing with technology it rotates and pushes down the bottom so let's bring you back again to and perhaps somebody if somebody else would like to come and say how they've benefited from your project um then bring them back as well this is what the platform's there we want that awareness out as much as possible so let's get it out there come back again and thank you so much you thank were you. You definitely dared to be you didn't you <laughs> <laughs> right I'm, so thank you right so right